Where is your money going to come from in retirement? Do you have a plan on how you're going to spend that money? And do you know where that money is going to come from that you'll be spending? When did this whole concept of retirement come into existence? And what are some of the different approaches when it comes to retirement of people from different generations? And most importantly, how can we get our hands on those delicious market day chocolate pudding cakes? Mm. Well, friends, I encourage you to listen to today's show. Your host is Josh Brettle. His show is the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast. And for the last 18 years, he's been helping people just like you thrive in their retirement. And now it's time for you to enjoy the show. FSR Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor located in Elmhurst, Illinois. Information and opinions contained in this audio have been arrived at by FSR Wealth Advisors. All information herein is for informational purposes and should not be construed as investment advice. It does not constitute an offer, solicitation, or recommendation to purchase any security. FSR is not providing legal, tax, accounting, or financial planning advice in this audio. These views are as of the date of this publication and are subject to change. You I don't think your I'm microphone funny. again. Stop eating your microphone. Sorry, I was adjusting my seat. I'm self-deprecating, which I think leads to people laughing because they're like, oh, Dave, Dave. making fun of himself again. All right. I, I, yeah, I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to I'm going to pick a story. I'm just going to randomly pick one and we'll t- we'll uh, we'll go with it. I'll, I'll figure I'm going to start out. with a story. I got a story that I want to start with. OK, by the way, we've been recording for a few seconds now, but um, <laughs> you remember when we were young and we'd go over to your house and we'd hang out, we'd watch sports and play video games and just kind of hang out in your living room? Fondly, yes, I do. And after being at your house for like a year, I realized that you had a, the creepiest basement in the world. <laughs> but Fact. In this creepy basement, you had a freezer that was full of chocolate pudding cakes. Oh, market day. Yes, yes. And your father used to like hold them up like it was a carrot on a stick and I was a rabbit. Like, come do this. You can have a chocolate pudding cake. And it was, but we love those chocolate pudding cakes. What would you give today for a chocolate pudding cake? You actually, the note I just jot down was post podcast recording, go to marketday.com and see if they have pudding cakes still for sale. Because... Man, those were good. There isn't you know, a kid that grew up by us that didn't love chocolate pudding cakes. Oh, 100%. And, you know, my mom, um, she didn't cook. She just cooked market day every night. So, like, that is very oh, I, near and dear to my heart. I think that is a lot of moms. I mean, the chicken, we used to call them chicken pucks in our house. Like, mom's yes! making chicken pucks for dinner. Oh, so, okay. One of the probably the most underrated item from Market Day was the full size bagel dogs. All oh, those were fantastic. Oh. They had the the poppy seeds on top, mm-hmm. and it was like the oh mm-hmm. my goodness, like why they discontinued those. I'm telling you, there's there's a podcast just on that topic alone. Who made the decision to pull that from the menu, and why? Market Day may be half the reason we're fat. Oh, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to go with 63% of the reason mm-hmm. we're fat. Because those mini bagel dogs you get at like Jewel, they're just, they're not as satisfying. So anyways, your story about pudding cakes. No, my story about pudding cakes. 
we don't have pudding cakes anymore. Mm-hmm. And now I, my wife and I, we've been together over 20 years and she grew up in a house that loved market day. Like her, like if her mother didn't cook it, if it couldn't be, you know, come from market day or mm-hmm. you know, that was that was like, all, like all the rest of us. And the number one thing that she cooks is chocolate brownies. And she swears it just comes from a box. Like it just is a box mix, but she does something to it and she doesn't tell us or she doesn't even know what it is, but they're out of this world. And to me, they're like my chocolate pudding cake replacement. Got it. And when she makes them, she cuts them into little tiny brownie pieces. So instead of eating just one pudding cake, I eat 15 little tiny chocolate brownies. (laughs) Okay. So I used to be uh, like a scientist and like if you eat 15 small ones, technically there's no calories or fat. Like that's truth. That's, that's a fact. Yeah. But by the way, as you're telling that story, Josh, uh, I am at marketdaylocal.com and they have Nemo's chocolate, chocolate pudding cakes, $18 for a box of 12. Let's get our wives on this. They can get this for us. Dave, I'm thinking this might be our first podcast contest. Somehow we'll develop a, a pudding cake oh, giveaway. Oh my gosh. I know. But, sounds lovely. But yeah, yes, they're frozen. So we have to, you have to be local to the Chicagoland area. Come pick it up and we'll enjoy a pudding cake together. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was just watching like some, some like uh, tips on like how to engage podcast viewers and video viewers and what we're doing is the total opposite of that like they're like don't tell stories just get right to it and we're like telling stories about pudding cakes so luckily your producer can can edit stuff you wouldn't think that the retirement equals freedom podcast would open up talking for five minutes about market day pudding cakes but Yet we did. We find a way. <laughs> so, well, all right. So we're doing podcast episode three, uh, and I am curious, what are we talking about today, Josh? Well, today I really, you know, wanted to talk about income in retirement. And my father, when I, you know, was young in the industry, he used to always say, "Financial planning is nothing but cash flow planning," and it was kind of one of those things that I just looked at him like. Okay, I, I don't really know what that means, but sure. And now that I've been in the industry a while and we, we, I spend most of my time sitting across the table from clients, their biggest concern is my paycheck's gone. Where's my money going to come from? And so like we replaced pudding cakes with my mother-in-law's 15 brownies, I wanted to talk There it about... is. There it is. <laughs> Beautiful connection. You like oh, that? My God. Glorious. Yes. I wanted to get into how we, how people should be thinking about income replacement in retirement. What do you think of that? Doesn't that sound riveting? I like it. I like Um, it. This is the one area that I've noticed that has a huge impact in making people comfortable. So I can talk all about the stock market. I can talk all about the um, taxes. We can talk about Social Security. We can talk about Medicare. We can talk about anything we want to. 
but it's if we can figure out how someone's income can be consistent and safe and secure, all of a sudden you feel this, you can see the comfort come back on their face. So uh, this is a big topic. And in fact, I think what we'll probably do, Dave, is we'll probably spend many episodes in the future talking about different subsets because I'm just going to brush on the uh, a real surface level, if you will, on the income topic today. You know, and I think this, this is an opportunity to also to uh, talk to other people how they've replaced their income because yeah. I have a question right off the bat I'll ask you later on down the road, but um, I can imagine my, my dad is going to be one of those people who is like, how the heck do I replace my income? Uh, so yeah. carry on. Everyone thinks about this. They think about where's where's their money going to come from, no matter what their scenario is. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the traditional method. In fact, my, my grandfather, uh, he's been gone now for a little over 10 years. But when he grew up, um, his idea, he's, he was going to work for one company for his entire life. And that company would take care of him with a pension. And that was it. They didn't have to worry about saving too much. That was the idea. Uh, pensions are all but gone. And what we generally tell people is there's a three-legged stool when it comes towards retirement. And, then, and there's three legs to this. And the first leg is Social Security. Social Security, for most people, is going to play a major role in your retirement. I mean, there's very few people I talk to that Social Security doesn't play a major role. Even for people like um, we have a lot of teachers as clients. In Illinois, teachers don't pay into Social Security. Well, you know what? It does impact their spouses if they're married. There, there are things that a lot of times Social Security will still come into play. Make sense? And yeah, we could do a teacher. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we could do hours and hours on just Social Security alone. But the other area that people have is some sort of this this stool this leg used to be bigger with some sort of fixed income, some sort of um, pension, some sort of guaranteed income in addition to Social Security. And this could have been a pension, this could have been an annuity, this could have been you know, something else. And the third leg is the savings. And what's happened is different people have different sizes of those different legs. So your wife is a teacher or my mother is a teacher. Um, now my mother was a unique teacher because she also worked outside the school district and has social security. But um, their pensions are higher and their social security is, is smaller. Um, some people... We were talking about your dad before this. Uh, your dad's an independent contractor for the most part. Uh, he's gotten by, you know, working on his own. Well, he's not going to have the pension. That could be almost zero. His Social Security might be a little bit lower, but hopefully he's got the higher third leg of the of the stool. Which is savings, like you mentioned, right? That was the Correct. third leg? Correct. But where it comes from is important. And you and I are big wearers of pants and uh, we wear pants every day mm -hmm. most days yeah, you do work out of your basement um no for those of you you know this is dave's fancy t-shirt for those of you that are are watching on video with us <laughs> i was hoping episode... you're gonna bring my, this is another duluth trading t-shirt it's got a big lumberjack on the back of it which is the antithesis of what i am but it's who I kind of want to be one day is a big, rough lumberjack. You didn't ask me about my T-shirt. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, three episodes in, three mentions of your T-shirt. Um, but the Dave, when Dave comes into our office, um, 
I almost want to have Dave stand up and show us his pants. But when Dave comes into our office, our office is dressed in shirts and ties and, and different things. And um, we are, see Dave, and Dave usually has cargo pants on or cargo shorts and maybe a nice T-shirt. And the cargo pants have lots of pockets on them. And, you know, we all have pockets in our pants. And we all, those, instead of using the stools on the leg analogy, I like to use pockets on your pants. And we all have different pant pockets. Um, Dave, the smile on your face tells me I'm rambling here. But we can have money in every pocket. So one pocket may be your IRA. One pocket may be your savings account. One pocket may be your 401k. One pocket may be your pension. One pocket may be your Roth IRA. One pocket may be your Social Security. And... Yeah, there's lots there of pockets. pockets. Lots yeah. of pockets. Um, okay. it, it, people have different amounts of pockets. You come in, you you carry lots of pockets. I don't carry as many pockets as you do. Um, That's fair. But when you go to a store, you know, in retirement, when you go to a store and you want to buy something. So let's say you go to you know the local Dairy Queen and you buy a giant freaking blizzard. Um, then the you know, whatever they say, it's going to be five bucks. The person at Dairy Queen doesn't care where your money comes from. They don't care which pocket you take it out of. But it does matter to you as a retiree. It matters to you. So you need to understand, you know, if your end goal is for your money to last your entire life, if your end goal is not to run out of money, uh, if you don't want to live in your child's basement, and I've seen Dave's basement, Mr. Schmidt, you don't want to live there. Um, you need to think about you know where money is going to come from. So corresponding where money comes from is going to be important. So should you take it out of your IRA pocket? Should you take it out of your Social Security pocket? Should you take it out of your just your checking account pocket? And having a plan for that. Now we're not. I'm not. The analogy holds true for one five dollar blizzard. But if you're spending forty, fifty, sixty, hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year, understanding how, where you're going to get money from is extremely important. So here's the big thing. Here's what I tell every single person. When you're working, you have a paycheck. You know where your money's going to come from. Sure, sure. Okay. When you're not working, that paycheck isn't there or it isn't as big as it used to be. You need to have a written plan of exactly where money's going to come from. And the closer we are to now, the more definitive we are in that plan. So we should know without a doubt within the next two years, if you're retired, this is where money's going to come from. You know, years three through five, we've got a pretty good idea. And years five and on, you know, we have a, a conceptual, you know, this is how it's going to happen if this way, this is going to how it's going to happen if this way. But it's kind of like a big waterfall. And as we move through time, we have to become, make sure that our next one to two years are always definitive. We know where money's going to come from. So when I tell people in retirement that we have to think about, you know, where money's going to come from, it's, you actually have to have it written down. You know, you don't have that paycheck anymore. You know, you don't have that, hey, every month, every week, every other week, I'm going to get X dollars. You need to know this is where it's going to come from. Doesn't that sound like fun, Dave? It does sound like fun. Well, you know, it, it just has me thinking, like, how many of your clients are entrepreneurs or freelancers or even self-employed? And I just think, because I'm in that boat. Now, yeah. I'm 41. I'm not saying I'm a, you know, young by any means. Uh, but you saying that you have to have a plan to 
be able to replace income I have now if I ever to sell a business or, you know, just stop working. That scares me because I haven't thought about that. So I'm like, do you have clients in similar positions and what do they, how do they plan for this stuff? Do they just feel like they're going to be an entrepreneur until the day they die and they'll always have some sort of income coming in or uh, like, I don't know, I guess what I'm asking is at what age do you start helping people kind of like figure this out? All right, you ready for me to get really deep with this? We're going to go deep. We're going to get really like zenned out. Deep here. thoughts. Deep thoughts by Josh Brettel. Retirement is not natural. Um, the stoppage of work is actually something relatively new. Uh, it started in Germany back in the late 1800s. Um, Germany had a problem. And the problem was too many old people, and too many old people were working. And it was specifically in the railroad. Um, there was, I believe, it was, I think it was Bismarck, Chancellor Bismarck. Um, the young people couldn't get jobs because people were just living longer, and there was no jobs for those young people. So Bismarck set an arbitrary line in the sand, and he just picked the age 65. There was no rhyme or reason. He used this age 65. And what he said is, if you're over 65, you're now retired, the government will take care of you from this point forward. Mm. Those who are younger, come fill in those jobs so that you can work. That was the first time in human history that we've actually had retirement, quote unquote, retirement. Does that make sense? So Yeah, 1800s, huh? Yeah. Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, other than that, yeah. people worked till they died. Like, that was just what they did. Um, and... You're at question about entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs, if they think about it right, have it a little bit easier um, because they're used to working for themselves. They're used to finding that paycheck. They're used to that money coming in the door. Um, now, we always encourage them to make it easier. You need to have that pile of savings because most entrepreneurs don't want to work as hard as they are now. But they're always yeah. willing to do a little bit. They're always willing to to do something to get something going. They they like that feeling. Um, they're scrappy. So, they're scrappy. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I would argue it's almost harder for the people that weren't entrepreneurs that went were used to a, a big company that paid their paycheck regularly. It's it's a harder mindset shift for that than it is for the pure entrepreneurs. But it's harder sometimes because entrepreneurs aren't always good savers. They reinvest yeah, and back would, in themselves. Do you think it's harder um, for those that are employed by an employee too because they they have the same income? They're not really able to make more. Of course, there's side hustles and there's whatnot. But like I know, like as an entrepreneur or a you know a business owner, like if I want to increase my income, I can do it. Careful, it's, your wife's listening that, to this. I know. Well, I'm not saying me. I'm saying like that mindset. Do you, do you think that that's legitimate, or do you not do you not think people think like that? No, I definitely think they do. There's, um, we're going to do a whole episode at some point. I talked about this book earlier on the psychology of money, and how how people think about money is ingrained in their retirement. In fact, when people come in and talk to me, one of the the first time we sit down and talk, we're trying to I'm trying to figure out. What's their brain telling them? What, what, where do they come from? What is their upbringing like? And, and we all have, not just what we do for a living, but we all have different experiences growing up. Um, you know, what was money like for you as a child? Did you, was it hard to get money? Did your parents suffer? Um, 
Was it easy? Did you not did you not know the value of savings? I mean, there, there's all sorts of different things that are out there. So the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial mindset it is a tough one. It's just one of those words. It's one of those words. It's tough. It, you know, I don't know if this is going to be a podcast um, topic or not, but like right now we're, we're recording this February 2022 and there's all these, there's this big thing called the, the great resignation, right? Where I, I don't, I don't buy into the whole branding of that phrase, but I feel like the pandemic has taught people, especially of our age group, like, you know, there's more to life than just working nine to five. And uh, I was reading this, this pretty cool stat. I think it was on Forbes. It was something like an estimated 48% of people started a side hustle during, you know, 2020 and 2021. And of that 48%, like 25% actually made money are going to continue doing it. And I think that's just the mindset of especially people like our age, like we can have more fun with our jobs, make more money. If we go do it on our own, we don't have to answer to the man. I don't know where I was going with this, but I think it has time. I'm going to take it from you, Dave, and I'm going to slam it home because I think you set it up perfectly. The very first episode, we talked about how do we name the retirement equals freedom podcast? Like, why do we say retirement equals freedom? And most of the retirees right now are baby boomers. They're, they're used to that nine to five, wake up, save, put money in the 401k, wake up, save, put money in the 401k. At some day you'll be able to retire. And in their mind, they've equated that to freedom. They've equated that to um, this happiness, this freedom, this I'm no longer going to have to work. And this great resignation, as you talk about it, is kind of taking them into a world of... Um, they're not waiting. They're doing it sooner. They realize it's kind of, we may be getting away from that Bismarck mentality of retirement. People may say, hey, I really love what I do. You know, the reason they, re- they resigned was so they could find something that they're passionate about and make, make money at. And that's a really cool thing as an economy to be in that, in that state that we can do that. So I'm hopeful um, that that great resignation, that great thought process um, is going to to lead to um, more of a, um, why am I at a loss of words now? Uh, but it's going to lead to more of a power happiness. Dynamic, like a shift you know, in, yeah, yeah, a shift in that retirement mindset. Because we're going to yeah. live longer and longer. As we get older, we're going to live longer and longer. And it's going to require more money. It's going to require more economies. And this is kind of another freaky thing. Our population is actually shrinking. And so sure. we demand a lot as a population. And so instead of people having to retire so that younger people are going to get jobs, we're going to have to have people work longer so that we can continue the level of, of services that we're used to. So I think it's a pretty big demographic switch. Um, I think there's a lot of changes happening. Um, yeah. But for the the baby boomers who are retiring now and the, and the older Gen Xers, they, they never had that mindset. And so right. they have that mindset of, of income replacement. So I hope in the future it's not as big of a deal. But uh, but that was a fun question. Yeah. And I just I think of our, our buddy Brent, you know, who is just we hate him and love him because mm-hmm. he's like mm-hmm. the perfect guy. And he just yep. is like, oh, during the pandemic, I'm going to pick up woodworking. And oh, look, I just built this massive play set for my kids. Oh, I built bunk beds. Now I'm building shuffleboard tables for people like come on, man. Like, what else are you going to be good at? But that's a little side hustle. I don't know if he's actually 
pursuing it as a side hustle, but he probably could because he's perfect at everything. Jerk. <laughs> I'm not wrong, though. Brent, Dave would like a shuffleball table if you could board table, if you could make it for him. But listen, uh, <laughs> I would. No, back to my, I'll, I'm not going to tie it back to pudding cakes, but I'll tie it back to my father where he says, you know, everything is cash flow management. It's truly what it is. Financial planning, retirement planning is managing cash flow. It's managing income. And be it from a side hustle that you've just grown into something that you love, or be it as in you're truly that that quote unquote retired, um, how are you going to replace that paycheck? And I will argue that having some guarantees built in are going to make people feel really good uh, compared to the volatility that we have all out there. So um, I think we can, I mean, we we put a lot of stuff out in today's podcast that we could dig into uh, with a lot of depth. So No, for sure. And you know who we're going to have as one of our first guests? Mike Rowe. He'll he'll join our podcast because he's got great insights into the whole you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. baby boomers yeah. and and all those. But uh, you think he'll join our podcast? I did buy yeah. two of his bottles of of whiskey. Did I tell you that? No, but as long as the one listener, your mother, says yes, uh, I'd like to listen to him. I'm sure he'd jump right. It would be worth his time in a heartbeat. Listen, Bex has got some influence over people. <laughs> she just does. So, yeah, maybe we should. Oh, man, so many ideas, Josh. Like, I'm talking about whiskey here with, with Mike Rose label that he did. Um, we could do, like, happy hour on the Retirement Equals Freedom podcast and, like, taste different oh. bourbons and things while we talk. Am I, am I wrong? Uh, we spent five minutes talking about pudding cakes today. What, what is bourbon tasting going to lead us to? Well, look, we may have to push the start time of our recording back a few hours because it's a little early for bourbon. Not judging if you do drink bourbon at 10 a.m. There is someone in an airport right now drinking bourbon. <laughs> Probably Bill Schultz. Yeah. <laughs> Flying first class having bourbon. Oh, hey. Bill is, is, Bill is his uh, brother-in-law, by the way. You know, don't think Dave's just calling people out. So you're, Yeah, you're just calling right. people out. Hi, yeah. Billy. Billy, he'll be. He will subscribe. He works out as much as Brent. He will. He needs something to listen to when he works out. Oh man, they won't eat pudding cakes though, Dave. No, he's too healthy. If you come into our yeah. office and you scream pudding cake, I mean, we'll find some for you somewhere, somehow. Oh, I don't gosh. know how. We'll keep. We'll keep a box in the freezer. You will. All right, we're running on. So with that, I say bye. Bye.